If you want a butterfly or whatever it is, it's a good one. Alright? So from the top, one, two, three, four. Jump, 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 jump,
sticks you up. You raise your hands. Give the church what it's called a Holy Ghost stick up. <laughs> the Holy Ghost is sticking them up, so we stick them up in the air. We worship the Lord. Amen. Uh, these next uh, few songs, we're going to be doing their old school songs. When I was in Alabama, we used to like rock these out all the time. Uh, how many of you guys heard of the song, Open the Eyes of My Heart? That's like a classic. And so this song is talking about like, look, God, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I, I want to see you, Jesus. I don't want to see my neighbor's head right in front of me. God, I don't want to see what someone so is wearing. I don't want to see what Pastor Adam's wearing. But he's looking really good today. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Amen. We say, God, open the eyes of our heart. We want to see you. Amen. I want to see 
hearts right now. That's the place where God's going to speak today. That's the thing that God wants to break. Some of, some of our hearts, they are as this heart of stone. We're so cold to the word of God. I just want, if you have that heart on today, just ask God to break it. Break it, God. Break it. You're in desperate need of a God, but yet you come here as if you're doing God the favor. Some of you think that by coming to service, you're doing God the favor by showing up to a church. Even if you did not show up to this church, he will still be God. And he will still be a righteous God. And if you were not living right before the Lord, he would send you to hell. And he would be right in doing so. See, when he, when he died on the cross, he paid a price. And some of us come to churches, if that's our price, we come to church, that's all that we do. But he sacrificed himself. The Bible says he was our priest. In the time of the Israelites, because they sinned back in Adam and Eve, they knew they had to come right with God. So they sacrificed an animal. And Jesus, being our high priest, came, did not sacrifice an animal, but gave his life. We sing holy, holy, holy unto the Lord because he was perfect. It took a perfect person to die for our sins. We don't know what a God to come to church. We don't know what a God to sing these songs. Get out of His love, out of His mercy, from His kindness, He draws us. The Bible says that His kindness leads you to repentance. I just pray that you guys just get a revelation of the cross in this place. Some of you guys are happy. Some of you guys are in this place. You think you're too cool for Jesus. You can't worship God. But God is so ready to break that hard heart. God is so ready to move in your life. And you just got to put your place at a point where God can move. God, we want to see you in this service. We want to sing holy, holy, holy. And holy. You're holy, holy, holy. 
Holy Spirit, take control. Start a fire in my soul. Holy Spirit, take control. Sing that out. Holy Spirit, take control. And the things within my soul. Holy Spirit, take control. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, take control. Start a fire in my soul. Holy Spirit, take control. Holy Spirit, take control.
example of a radio, if you're trying to find a station, you would tune it, and you would spend time in it, and when you get to that station, you know you'd pass it up, and you'd hear, like, oh, and you bring it back, and, and you find to it, you know, you go back and forth, so you get the right connection. And sometimes in worship, if I can give you that illustration, it's like that in worship, where, where we come before God, and we just gotta say, God, speak into my heart, speak into my heart, I believe that you're God, that if, if you had the revelation of God, Jesus Christ in your life how would you respond and I'm not saying run around this church right now but if you saw Jesus Christ right now his hands and feet what would you do would you shout would you run to him what would you do would you start repenting Lord forgive me of my sins I'm not right I did this yesterday or I'm in this life of sin God forgive me that we would get a revelation of Jesus Christ. See, God's not playing today. God is not playing. Sometimes we take around worship like it's a joke where we, we, we don't give God his, his, his due respect in these times of worship. If everybody can close their eyes for me, please. who are struggling right now in this time of worship one thing that I do I just I just get a picture of the cross and it's an empty cross but I just remember the work that Jesus did on that cross and I'm so thankful not only for my life but I start to think about my family when I consider the cross when I consider Jesus Christ who went before me who came down sacrificed his life when I look at that cross I see everything in its proper place see I'm cross-eyed my eyes are fixed on Jesus, so now I can look at everything with a proper perspective. I can look and worship, come into a worship service with my mind on Jesus Christ, not my mind on my friend who's next to me looking at me. I don't care what they think about you. My mind is focused solely on Jesus. And you're free. His Holy Spirit's with you. There's communion with God. There's a relationship with God. You're able to worship, and you're not afraid to, to even just say, God, I love you. When Jesus speaks to my heart, Lord, I repent for my sin. Father, Lord, I pray that you would teach us to be bold in worship. Father, you would teach us how to come to your throne. Father, teach us how to come in a worship service, God. Break it in our hearts. Break it in our hearts. We've been so conditioned. I just feel this like some people in here, I just, I just feel it in my heart that you've been conditioned to do things a certain way when it comes to God. And God's trying to break that bubble. God is trying to break that bubble. And I'm not just saying it by running around, That's because that's in our bubble as well. But for you personally, God is saying, no, no, in this person's life, I'm going to break that. Come on, if it's you, if you're in this place right now, you know, man, I, I've just been stuck in this place in worship. Where I'm just getting tired, I'm getting, I'm getting lazy. I just don't even want to worship anymore. If that's you in this place, and I added to a point with all eyes closed, I just want you to slip your hand up. Just slip your hand up. 
But man, that's right up in his face. Here it is. Here it is. God's not going to force you to worship. But if you want this, listen to me closely. If you want this, we're going to help you out right now. It's taking a step of faith. It was call and response. Like, I believe that. I want that. Now I'm not going to step out in faith and go out and get it. We can't expect God to move outside this church if he's not moving in here. And we need to believe it here first. So if that's you, I just want you to come up front. If you raise your hand, just come up to this altar right here. Come on. You know who you are. Come on up. And for those who didn't raise your hand, just step on back. Just step on back for me, please. If you raise your hand, just come on. Why don't you meet in the middle right here? Meet it down the middle. If you guys can start scooting down this way. For those of you at the front, why don't you scoot down and, and just come towards the middle so I can just see you and just address you. close in this place. So many times that when, when we raise our hand and we want more of God, sometimes we think we're wrong. And there should be so much more people up here at these altars. But yet, if these are the brave ones, if these are the ones that want to step out of faith, let God do it in your life. So guess what? If you're not in the front, you're praying for them that God will pour out more. Amen. I want you to get ready just to play. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want you guys to start building up right now. Just start playing right now. Come on. Here's the thing. If you don't want it, there are people that want it. And God's going to reveal. The Bible says he's going to pour out his spirit. He wasn't lying. He's not trying to keep it from us. He said he's going to pour it out over his sons and daughters. For those that want it, they're going to get it.
Father, I pray that you would continue to break my hearts. There's so much I'm just getting right now. I just feel like if I were to get into it, we just stay in, in worship. I'll just I'll bring it up as the Holy Spirit leads in the Word. But I just want to let you know just the weight of, of, of baggage is just the weight of of our expectation of God. We, we, we don't consider God great in our minds. And you say, they don't think I'm not great. They don't, they don't know who I am. Oh, God. God, we're jealous for you, Father. We're jealous for a revelation of who you are. We don't want it the same. We just ask that you pour it out. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you pour out individually an assignment for those, Father God, who are weak in their faith. And Father, as your word goes forth, Father God, may you touch them by your spirit. And Father God, give them a revelation, God. Break hearts, break hard hearts in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, have your way in the service and the rest of the things that we have to do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, give him a hand clap of praise. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. Why don't you wake your way back to your seats? Um, Many, many, many. Welcome, 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 welcome. Yes, I just want to make a couple announcements really quick. Just really quick. Praise God for His Holy Spirit, man. I'd be a fool without the Holy Spirit. I'd be a fool without the Holy Spirit. Some of you guys think that, that to raise your hands in worship service, it can be very foolish. So you're a fool without the Holy Spirit, yeah? Amen? Amen. Okay, so, so this is what we're going to do. This this coming Sunday is when we're having our life groups. Uh, JC Soldiers is not meeting tomorrow. I'm going to be at a wedding. But here's some cool announcements, and I'm just going to basically cover um, the life group session. So we're not going to necessarily break out. I'm just going to make some couple announcements right here about life groups. Life groups, every life group will happen, will happen, will happen this Sunday. Everybody say Sunday. I'll say it like you're awake. Sunday. Sunday. Okay, you know what happened Sunday, right? What happened Sunday? Someone shout it out. Who said ice cream? You said ice cream. <laughs> oh, ice, ice cream Sunday. Oh. You're funny. Good one. Good one. That was a good one. Okay. Now, what happens on Sunday other than ice cream? Small groups. And then what happens before small groups? Service. What times do we have service? Nine and eleven o'clock. Look, look to your neighbor and say nine and eleven. This is what we're gonna do, guys. We're having our life group after the second service. So if you ever hear me say, like, guys, if you can make it out to the second service, make it out because afterwards the guys are getting together, and because it's football season, we thought we'd celebrate by getting together and playing some football. Just the guys, guys and guys. And we'll just hang out and have fun. And we'll break into the Word. And the ladies are going to get together and they're going to do their thing. Right? Amen? At Leilani's house. It's going down at Leilani's house. You guys are going to have a fun time. We just figured since we have the freedom in our life group to do whatever with our messages and whatnot, we're just going to have fun. Guys with guys and girls with girls. Amen? So when, when, when are we meeting? Sunday after the second service. Be there or be square. And guess what, guys? You can invite your friends. Please invite your friends. If your friend is really good at football or really good at sports, invite them, okay? 
I love to put a hurting on them, okay? Just personally. Personally, me and Vince are going to hurt them, right? No, we're not going to go home anymore. Amen, amen. Look to your neighbors, he's crazy. He can't play no football. He old school, anyway. Uh, you'll find out when you get there. Just show up. Amen. <laughs> so this is what we're going to do, guys. We're going to have our announcements. And after announcements, usually we break it up to land groups. I just want you guys, after you give your tithe and offering, to go back into your seat and just get ready for God to just whack you. Who's ever been hit before? How, how many of you guys know that if, if you knew that you were going to get you probably would have ducked it, right? Right? Like, if I know, here's my thing. Growing up, whenever I got in trouble, my father would always, you know, he'd call out my name, and then I would hear the belt, you know, as he pulled it out. So it gave me an idea, like, I need to run now. I don't want to stick around. So I would run and, and get ready for it. And in the service, of I really feel God wants to just whack you in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Is he going to hit me? I don't want to. I'm not going to hit you. Get this. Look here. See, I'm telling you, as I was praying up here, we're going to go off the Holy Spirit. But I really felt that some of you guys, like, I'm telling you, there is a breakthrough. And it's like, I'm seeing it, like, Lord, I contend for that. Like, I want that, I want that. And here it is, I'm telling you, I can't do it. It's the Holy Spirit that comes and gives you the revelation, gives you the way. But here it is, just, just in the service, we're mindful of the Holy Spirit. Okay, he's, he's God, right? Amen? And he lives inside of us, and we know he's alive. Amen? So we're mindful of the Holy Spirit as the service is going on. Just do me this favor. Just say, Holy Spirit. Repeat after me. Say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Come on, say it again. Say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Have, your way Have your way in my mind, in my mind. and in my, in my heart. In Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And if you mean that, he's going to whack you in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> is it, who hit you? Did you sit on Okay, the Holy Spirit whacked it. Amen. He's already whacking people. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, look, guys, let's just do our announcements. Our vision here is loving God and loving people. Why do we love people? Because it's a good answer. Because, because what? What is it? It's what Jesus did. It's like, that's it. Jesus came to love people. How many of you guys are, need some help in that area? You need help loving people. That's right. He died for our sins. Amen. Amen. So I need help. You need help loving people because people can get on our nerves. Amen. Take it. Amen. Look to your neighbor and say amen. Okay. And our strategy, the way we do that, guys, we're very, we're very uh, deliberate about this. We're not hiding. We're not like, oh, when you come to our church, oh, well, guess what? We have this. No, no. We're saying when you come on in, you need to be discipled. We're straightforward. I heard this quote. I think Lauren put it on her Facebook. She said, when you preach commitment, you'll lose people who don't want to be committed. If you don't preach commitment, you'll lose those that long for it. You see, people think it's just like, come to our church and let me get tickled. You just tell me what I want to hear. And the moment you challenge me in my faith, I'm not going to come to a couple of services because, you know, it's, it's a little bit out there. I'm not used to that. Guess what? In Jesus' time, there were people leaving Jesus. Jesus was healing. Jesus was doing awesome things. And then it came to a point in John 6, like, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. If not, you can't be a part of me. Whatever in the world? This guy's crazy. And people left. And Jesus looks to disciples. Are you going to leave too? Oh, Jesus knew how to preach. 
he wasn't just like, are you not? He's like, no, do you want to leave too? You can go. Do you see them leaving? If you want to go, you can scram. Go, leave. And Peter says, you know what? Jesus, if, if we don't follow you, we have nowhere to go. We follow you. If, if we don't go, I mean, this is our life. So Peter knew what it was. So I had to keep it real with you guys. I'm not over here, well, he's a pastor. He just wants you to come be a disciple. That's not the point. You be discipled, and you're discipled because you're growing. We want you to grow in Jesus. And, and here's the thing. The devil, he, he's, he's, a, he's a spirit. He, he's alive. He, he really wants to kill you. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He really wants to do that. And here, what I'm trying to do, I'm like, hey, look, he's really out there. But he wants to equip you. How many of you guys like getting beat up? How many of you guys like getting beat up? You don't like getting beat up when you No one would raise their hands. People are forcing Kevin to raise his hand. No one likes to get beat up. As a matter of fact, if someone were to come up to you and be like, Shh, you can get so offended right quick. It's just like, I'm putting down my Christian card right now and I'm hurting this person. Guess what? The devil's getting free mouth shots for everybody here. Don't you think about it? They're looking like, what? What do you mean? It's just like, you put your mouth out, hit me, hit me, he's hitting you. And you're bleeding, broken jaw. Oh, I, that hurts. Stop it. He's beating you. And look, the word of God's on the side. You're just like, oh, you're not trained up in the word of God. Connect. You connect to the cross and we mentor you. We teach you. These are men and women who've been through some things. Who've dealt with pornography. Who've been in a relationship with sex outside of marriage. Been in relationships in marriage and dealing with perversion. And testifying and saying, look, I had to deal with this in my life. I needed God to get, set me free and give me the power and I need to live right. So I can teach you, you know, because look, you, you want to live right and do things in the right way in a relationship. Let me teach you because I did it the wrong way. But God has set me free and I received forgiveness. Amen. These are men and women who have been through the thing. Amen. I'm telling you, like, you guys need to understand, like, like I've done sex outside of marriage, pornography, all of it. You're talking about lust. You're talking about, like, swearing. Just not the drinking or the smoking. None of that to this day still have it. But I mean, if it just the evil and the perverse. It's just like. You need to get into the word of God. You need men and women to teach you. That's what it is. There's no and, if, or but about it. And there are going to be people that are going to want to leave. Well, that's not my church. I just want to come to a youth group to have fun. But you can have fun, go to another youth group, and get whooped by the devil. But here, we're going to train you up. Amen? So connect you to the cross. We meant you to live, to live like Jesus. And then we send you out. You, you, you graduate. You come into our 201. And then this is where it gets a little bit more intense with Pastor Joe, just teaching, just getting like wisdom and just learning about the Christian life and all these great things. We send you out. Our goal is 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and to plant 500 churches around the world. And if you believe that, say amen. Amen. So I made our announcement for our life groups. Again, I'm always, I'm big, very, very strong for SUM. I'm in my third year. Um, I'm getting blown away by my Systematic Theology 1 class about who is God. And our, 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 um, our professor, Jeff Stanfield, I mean, he's an awesome guy. Like, you have, like, like spiritual parents in some of these professors. If you can lower that down for me, I'm just going to just testify. One of, uh, um, one of the youth leaders at Faithwell, he's in our class. Um, it's Faithwell, Sid Lights, and us in one class. 
And um, he testified, like, God's unchangeableness. And we have to write, okay, use scriptures, whatever you want, but God's unchangeable character. You know God doesn't change. I'm glad God doesn't change. He doesn't change his mind. Like, oh, I changed my mind. He doesn't change his mind. If you read throughout the Bible, it shows you God does not change his mind. You know who changed his mind? Man changed their mind. Man changed, amen. And he was changing, and he shared a testimony, like how, how some things had happened in his life, and he wrote his devotion. And that the day it was due, he's just like, Man, I just need to testify how God has not changed, even though all this happened in my life. Like you're talking about like trials and, and, and things that came against him. And he's saying he's writing down like God is not changing. God is my rock. He does not change. Even though this happened in my life, he still has a will for me. He still has a plan for my life. It was so awesome. And guys, I'm telling you, if you want to be trained up in the word by men and women of God, that's the place to go. Amen. Amen. Uh, next slide, from please. If you can stand to your feet, we're going to do the tithes and offering in the house of the Lord. Someone run out my phone in the back for me, please, so I can have a time. Bless the Lord. Everybody say, bless, bless. The, the Lord. Lord. And someone say it in Spanish, mira, Josh, you're so good to me. Why are you so good to me, bro? Love, bro. Let me kiss. No? Okay. Awkward. Just tell someone. Amen. A tithe is what? Without looking, take the screen off. Take the screen off. Take the screen off. Take the screen off. Oh, too late. Sorry. Right. Ah, I still see. Ah, oh, okay. All right. That failed. What is a tithe? 10% of your total income. An offering is. I just want to challenge you as young people. And I'm not trying to be a, a, um, a charlatan trying to take your money or anything like that. But if you know you're not being faithful in your tithes and offering, you are stealing from God. And that is much as a sin as a person going out in Belmont and Clark selling their body for sex. Well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so. If you steal from God, it's a sin. God sees it the same. And you know better. One of the things that I'm, I'm challenging you as young people. Because I know we, you guys get money in your hands all the time. Trust me. I know. Okay. Like, how are you eating chips? And so if you steal from God, you're not blessed. Don't steal. Give to God what is God's. Amen? Amen. And the offering is whatever you offer to God after your tithe. It's like, okay, this I made 20 bucks this week, these last two weeks, whatever. $2 goes to the Lord. And if you want to get more out of your house, like, man, you know what? The church is in India. I heard Pastor Joe talk about it, that they need a little bit more because right now they're in a struggle. So I'm going to bless them. I'm just going to write it off with permissions right there. So India... And I'm going to give. It's whatever you offer after your tithe. Amen. Well, we got a new number up here today. And I want you guys not to shout it out, but to raise your hand when you got it. It's 10% of that. A thousand. Ten thousand. All right. You said ten thousand. Is it ten thousand? It's not ten thousand. What's ten percent of ten hundred million? If you, if you know it, raise your hand. 100,000. No, it's so easy. Astrid. 10 million. Give it up, it's 10 million. <laughs> you guys probably know how to say it, but you got, you got the number in your head. Amen? So I just want us to close our eyes. This is, oh, actually, 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 it's not close our eyes because we've got to read it. Acts 10.35. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself. What do you say? Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would challenge us 
uh, to give to you, Father God. We do not want to steal, Father God. We take that very serious. Your word says that if we steal our tithes and offerings, if we don't give, we are taking back from what is yours. Father, what's yours is 100%, but you've allowed us only to give 10. And Father, I pray from the goodness of our heart, the joy that is inside our heart, that we would give unto you and to your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't you come on up as you give? DJ. I like this song. I like this song. I forgot one announcement that I'm now that I'm thinking about it. Um, I want to let you guys know that a month from now there is a convention going on. Everybody say convention. It's a youth convention in, in Southern Illinois, and it's it's with the AG. It's with the Assemblies of God, and if, it doesn't matter if you're not AG, you can still go. What happens is they have dynamic worship, powerful speakers, and great seminars that are happening. So basically, it's like this concert with like someone coming to preach the word of God and you just feeling Jesus. And, and guess what? There are hundreds, I mean, like thousands of, of people around you that love Jesus and are worshiping God. I remember I went there in 2004 uh, with Pastor Joe when he was at Belmont. And he just took a whole mess of us. And we're there. And like they had grits. They had Jeff Dale. If you guys don't know who they are, they were awesome people around my time in high school just like going after God. And, and I remember, man, it was just like, I like rededicated my life like that. I was just like, man, I just want to get more fire. I just want to be more passionate. Why don't you come up and pray for you? It was such a good time. Here's the thing. It's October 28th and 29th. And guess what? It is going to be $55. Okay? Where's Cynthia? Cynthia, Cynthia. She's not here. $55 just for the covering of, of uh, to get into the uh, event. $55. And guess what? If we go out there, because it's a three-hour drive, we're not going to drive all the way back three hours and then wake up in the morning, we're actually going to stay out there. So here's the thing. If the more people that come, the more the less expensive that it will be because we have to add on for a hotel. So what we're going to do for you guys, we're going to get the information, but we want to take everybody out there. I mean, we want to take them. No, we're not going to pay for you. Because we need you guys just to come through. If there's anything that we say, hey, look, you guys want you to come through, ask your parents, invest, save, you know, come through, this would be it. Okay? So we're going to get you more information in your life group. Everybody say life group. You're going to find out more about that, taking a road trip with the church, having fun, eating like, I'm sorry, fast food and like root beer floats and farting, all the good, all the good. It's a lot of fun. Everybody say fart. It's just a funny word. I think I just grieve the Holy Spirit with that right now. The Holy Spirit's <laughs> walking. It's like, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I repent, but Okay, okay. Open up your Bibles to Matthew 4. I just grieved the Holy Spirit. I said, what's wrong with you, son? I'm going to smack him. Holy Ghost. Open up. Oh, my gosh. No, I just said that. We got to edit that, bro, okay? He's like, hey, man. <laughs> Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Amen, amen. I'm just playing. 
The past two weeks, this whole month, we are talking about the voice. And just in summary, I want to see what you guys are learning. So who can raise their hand and tell me um, what is this series about, more or less? And give me a review of the, the last two weeks. Who can do it? I'm going to bring the mic to you. I'll take this. Oh. I thought you said I want to take a stab. You didn't say that. Are you talking to yourself? Do you guys hear him talk? Who wants to take a stab at it? Anybody, anybody. I'm just going to come right up to you. Oh! Just take a stab at it, and then I got something to show you guys. Anybody. Kevin, come on up here. Just came back from using the washroom. But then you're like, this is what it is. I asked the question. This was the question. I said, tell us what the whole purpose of the sermon series is for. And also tell us uh, brief, briefly of the last two weeks what we went over. <laughs> so basically, um, the, the last two weeks? Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> You're lucky, you're safe. You should remember. Jeremiah, you want to take a stab now? Come on up here, boy. Wasting our time. Come on. Tell us what's happened in the last two weeks. We've been talking about the prophets and how they could use their voices on, on the world and just preach the gospel. Tell us what else we were last week. So nervous. Okay, thank you. Who can just shout out what we talked last week? John the Baptist. What was his message? <laughs> Repent or perish. You're going to hell. <laughs> Some of you guys are piecing that back in the school. Repent or perish. What? <laughs> Amen. Soldiers for the Lord. And guess what? Last week, okay, just, just I'm going to give you a brief uh, background, and I want to play something for you guys. The whole purpose of this month is to equip you, to train you, to teach you, to preach about um, the voice of God, how God throughout the Bible is, is speaking to us. We're using... Specific examples, but the prophets, Ellie used a couple examples. Um, last week we talked about John the Baptist, the forerunner before Jesus. And this week we are talking about Jesus, but I want to make an announcement at the end of this month. Everybody say, Enite. Say it loud. Say, Enite. I don't believe that. Say it like this. Say it like this. Say, <laughs> I can't do that. Just like that. Yeah. On the count of three. One, two, three. That was so awful. We are never doing that again. Bad idea. Here's what, here's what we're doing. At the end of the month, we're having an E-night. 
And so this entire month, we're telling you guys, guys, go out and be a voice. And we're teaching. We're giving you examples. We're praying for you. We're imparting things to you. We're prophesying over you. And guys, that means something. It's not like, oh, it happens Friday. Now nothing. No, no. When you receive that, believe in faith that God has given that to you. And that you have a voice. And you have something to say to your friends when you get back at school. Amen? And we're helping you guys out. Last week, we, John's message was repent. You know, repent. And, and I just felt in my heart that we needed to repent first. How can we preach something yet we're not living? It's so convicting. It's so double-minded. It's just like, it makes no sense. Trying to fill something up with water, but it has a hole in the bottom of it, so it never gets full. And so we needed to repent first, and I felt that, and we prayed for you guys. So we're actually, guys, things are happening. Believe, okay, amen. I was in part of it. I have it. And so you're growing. You're, you're not the same last week. In your mind, you're, you're moving, you're moving, you're moving, you're moving. And so at the end of this month, we have the ENA, and the purpose of it is a back-to-school party. Okay, that's our purpose. We're very excited. We're having fun. But at the same time, we're going to have some things, and we're having a skit for you guys. We're having a skit for you guys. For you guys, and I'll tell you what, guys, it's, it's really fun. Ellie, why don't you go ahead and just play the skit for us, brother? Come on. Facebook, we're making preludes to the to the play. Okay, so we're giving you a little bit inside us leading up. So guys, when you get here on that night, the E night, what you're gonna see is the final result, the actual talent show. So every week we're letting you know this is what's happening, this is what's happening. So it's creating a plot, it's creating like this problem. Okay? So we want you guys to tag your friends on it, be a part of it, because guys, we're gonna have fun. Everybody say fun. On. Okay, so that that's it. Okay, so that's on Facebook. We posted it up, and you guys are tagged on it. Invite your friends, and this is one of the things. Look, a way to help you just invite your friend. If, if you're really nervous, you don't know what to say about Jesus or the Bible. It's just like, man, you know what? Come to my youth group. We're having a cool play, uh, a skit, man. If you want to see it on Facebook? I'll tag you in it. But just a way to start a conversation to lead someone to the youth group so they can hear about Jesus. Amen. 
Amen, amen. So open up your Bibles to Matthew 4, verse 17. And I'll start because I have a little bit of time left. And it says this, Matthew 4, 17, it says, From that time on, Jesus began to preach. What did he preach, y'all? What's that first word? I want you to say it nice and loud like you're preaching. Go ahead, come on. Ah, you guys got to help me out today. Literally, I'm, I'm just going to tell you guys, I was at work at 4 o'clock in the morning. Vito was a little tired. Yeah, I was feeling sick. I'm just like, come on, Lord, give me strength. And I'm up here like, I'm ready to preach, but I need your help. Amen? So you got to help me out. So what is that word? I'll read it out. When I get to that part, I want you guys to yell it out in your preacher voice, okay? Verse 17, chapter 4. From that time on, Jesus began to preach. What did he preach? Oh, that's it. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. What happened before? There's a ringing going on. If you could just find that. I think it's in the monitors, please. Jesus just finished getting baptized. He was out. He got tempted by the devil. When he comes out, he says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven, a kingdom of heaven is near. Y'all don't even know. But y'all don't even know. Jesus Christ preached repent. So many times in our mind, we get the cute Jesus. Jesus doesn't tell me to repent. Jesus is okay. He'll accept me as I am. And a lot of the time, since the church is not standing for righteousness, since we're not saying, hey, look, you can come to church, you can live for God, but there needs to be a change. You see, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you are no longer the same. That's no small thing. God lives inside of you now. So guess what? He's changing you. Because there were things in your life that were easy to do, like, like stealing, like lying. That comes pretty easy. You see, those are sins, and these are things that take us away from God. Or how about pornography? It's easy to click, click, click. Or how about even a lusting? How about even cursing? How about even saying things about somebody? Gossiping? That comes easy for us. But when we say, God, I know that those things are wrong. I repent for my sins. The Holy Spirit comes into your life. And it begins to change you. And that's the process that happens where God walks with you. And God teaches you. And you have that fellowship with the Lord. You're not the same. Jesus said it himself. So you're going to know them by their fruit. He compared it to as a tree. If, if a tree bears good fruit, it's a good tree. If a tree bears bad fruit, it's a bad tree. So if your friends are calling themselves Christians, but they have bad fruit. See, we're not judging people. We're just looking at what's what's on your tree, dude. You know? You know, a lot of people like to say, don't judge. Don't judge me. The Bible says don't judge. You shouldn't judge. But you shouldn't judge of what you don't know. For example, I remember one time Pastor Joe preached it in, in, in John chapter 6. You know, Jesus, he, you know what he said in John chapter 6? It's in the later verses. But he said, make the right judgment. See, if I see two young people sitting next to each other, boy and a girl, and if I say, you guys are living in sin, if I, I'm judging them. I've never seen them have, so I've never seen them do anything. I'm just like, if I see them sitting together, so many times we think, you know, oh, that. They're doing something more, and just so many things come to our mind. But if I were to go up to them, or if you were to go up to them, like, you're living in sin, you gotta get, like, whoa, dude, I just, she's my friend, I just, I don't even see her, like, what are you talking about? So that, that's judging, don't do that. Or how about this, if you see those two sitting down together, but hold on a second, old buddy's hands inside a girl's leg, all right, and she's looking over and kissing his ear, oh, I can't judge, I can't judge, I'm not supposed to judge the Bible says that. No, come on now. Come on. If you see that, it's just like, dude, that's wrong. You don't have to be like a, a brain scientist. Like, with that, hmm, that is wrong. And for so many of us, we know what's wrong, but yet we do it. 
And Jesus is coming out with a message that's sharp. The Bible says that the word of God is like a double-edged sword. It's sharp. It's sharp. Anytime you bring up the word of God, it just, everything has to stop playing. Like the moment, like if you're dealing with a friend and you're talking like, dude, you got to live right. Man, there's some things in your life that you need to repent from. You got to stop doing that. You got to do this. You got to do th And just like, dude, what are you, and it's a, shut up. I don't have to listen to you. And the moment you bring the word of God in, the Bible says you're a fool if you don't listen to advice. Dang. The Bible says that? Jesus said to repent. The Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. And you start saying all these things and it just, the Bible does not play. God has a way of just getting right to the heart. See, I'll cut through all that fat, all that just, just whatever you're doing to try to make it seem like you're right and get to the bottom of it. Where's your heart? And Jesus came out to the people and said, look, repent. And that was the message we talked about last week. But this week I want to give you something a little bit more on, on not the effort, not the presentation, but more of the heart of, of, of telling somebody. So many times um, we get in our minds that, you know, we have, so many, when I started off, and I'm just telling myself, and this is how it is for me, you guys probably can relate. When I went off and started witnessing, I was very upset. You know what I had? I was very zealous for the Lord. And because I was immature in my faith and I was, I was young, I was naive, um, I had this sense of anger towards anybody who, who was living in sin. And, and, and in a sense, it's, it's good to, like, to hate sin. The Bible says to hate sin, amen? But the way I treated people, it was rude. It was bad. Not all of it was bad, but just I know there were some times... Even when someone was trying to live right for God, I was just like, do your and I was, in a sense, bringing them down. And, and I want to teach you today just the heart for evangelism. So many times we, we say to ourselves, well, I'm not called to evangelize. That's not my gift. That's, that's not what the Bible says when you said to go and share your faith. Everybody's required. The Bible says in Matthew 28, verse 19, therefore he said, go. I don't think Jesus was, was contemplating, oh, if you don't have that gift, so you can go, you can stay back. He said, go. Just sharing your faith. Everyone, every Christian is required to do that. When it comes to, like, the gift of an evangelist, preparing sermons, you know, getting together for outreaches, doing different things like that, that's a gift. Like Brother Glenn, whenever he comes in, Pastor uses this example. Whenever Brother Glenn comes in, if you guys come to our winter retreat, he's going to come back, and he's going to, you know, Share a word for us. And that, that's a gift when he has to do that. But sharing your faith with your friends, it, you don't need a gift. Amen? We're talking about the heart of evangelism. And I want you guys to open up your Bibles now um, uh, to Mark chapter 11. Mark 11, please. In the title of this, it says, Jesus Clears the Temple. And I love this story because it gives us an idea of Jesus. So many times we think Jesus is weak. We think Jesus is pathetic. And if you have that mindset of him, that's how you're going to treat him. See, if, if you don't respect somebody, and you can look at that in school, you're not going to give them the time of day. You're not going to respect them. You're going to make fun of them. If someone makes fun of them, guess what? You're going to join the conversation. I go, oh, that dude's gay. Oh, yeah, he's gay. He's gay. Oh, that girl, like, she's like this. She dresses like that. Yeah, she, if you don't respect somebody, that's why you're going to bring them down. 
with everybody else. And if that's your mindset of Jesus Christ, You'll bring him down. You don't even need a choir. You don't even need your friends to bring him down. That's who he is to you. It's just like some pathetic Jesus. And in this story of Mark 11, it says, Jesus clears the temple. And I want us to start in verse 15. It says this, On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves, and he would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. You guys just catch that. I'll read that one more time. This is a story. Check this out. This is the story of Jesus Christ, the one who died on the cross. This is a story in Mark, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verse 15. This is what it says. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus, the one who died on the cross, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. I just want to paint that picture, if that's not clear. He began to flip tables. I'll finish reading and I'll, and I'll explain it. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. Just a quick illustration. Jesus is walking. He, he enters Jerusalem, the capital of Israel. He enters Jerusalem and he walks into the temple. The house of the Lord. You know what he sees? Instead of seeing like worship and praise and prayer going on, you know what he sees? He sees people in their businesses selling stuff, money over here, and people are doing this, making the temple of God into a market. And Jesus, guess what Jesus does? He comes in and flips tables. I mean, to, to see it now, just watch us. You're walking in, and Jesus is over here just like talking to Peter. Yeah, man. Man, that's what's going on. <laughs> and he flips it. And you're just like, oh, calm down. He's looking at you like <laughs> and he flips it. And he's just he's not, and he's not allowed. The Bible says he's not allowing people. Look, he says this. And he will not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple course. Like, you leave that there. It's like, that's mine. Leave it. It's like, that's Jesus. See, when I read that story, I don't think about Jesus playing around. I don't, I don't see, guess what? Here is a story. I'll say it to you like this. Watch this. I'm reaching Jerusalem, and, I, and I'll sub in um, for the word of Jesus. And on reaching Jerusalem, God entered the temple area and began, began out driving those who were buying and selling there. God overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling does. And God would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. Whenever we come to Metro Praise, whose house is this? It's God's, it's Jesus, right? So when Jesus is walking into the temple, guess what? That's his temple. And when he sees what's going on there, he sees that instead of praying, they're selling, they're, they're, they're doing things, they're making money, and they're turning the place, the house of God, into something it was never supposed to be. And God was zealous. Jesus was zealous for holiness, separation from the world. I keep on reading verse 17. And as he taught them, he said, It is written, My house will be a called of house of prayer for all the nations. Verse 18, The chief priests and all the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him, because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, they went out of the city. 
Now, now, here's the thing. Whenever we talk about Jesus and we follow Jesus, we say you follow Jesus' example. It does not mean you're going back to your school and you're flipping your teacher's desk and she gives you your grades back. You just like Jesus. But at first, like, what is going on? Okay, I get a call from your principal and say, you need to me. Anyways, guys, the heart of evangelism. Now, look, look at the story about Jesus. It says that he, he went and he was he calm about it? You, you never see this picture. And if you do, Lord help you. You never see a picture of a Jesus like, excuse me, can you clear your stuff? I'm just going to flip this table. <laughs> and he flips it. Are you done with that? You just move out the way. I just want to flip it. He just went in there and he flipped it. Like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the kings who had See, that was Jesus' house. And so many times, Jesus' temperament, we're like, wait a minute, is that wrong? Was, is, what Jesus did, was that wrong? No? Why not? Why is it not? Why is it wrong? He went in in a court, in a temple court, and he flipped stuff over. He was angry that they're doing that. He was angry that, amen, that's it. It was his house. Jesus was zealous. And, and, and passionate for holiness. That's it. Amen. So, <laughs> say live interaction. Amen. Amen. So we're just just a rule of thumb. We're just gonna wait till I'm done talking so we can talk. Amen. But you know what? In the church today, I was like, well, we're not gonna go over flip tables. You know what? Somehow, I think we lost our passion. And, and zeal for holiness. Church has lost it. We've lost it. So when we're going back into our schools, we don't care as much. That's why we let things slide. We know our best friend is living in sin. We're just like, man, dude, you shouldn't do that, man. It's just really bad. It's like, dude, come on, man, come on. And it's all, you, you start agreeing with them, and you're just like, oh, okay, man, you know, it's just fine, it's fine, fine, good. We lost our passion for the things of God. We lost our passion to see what God sees. We lost it. And we compromised. But we start joking the same way that they joke. We laugh at their jokes thinking nothing of it. And if it's, it's inappropriate, just like, I'm not, what I'm teaching, I'm not saying to be like these, these, these people who are just all about themselves, very legalistic and walking zombies. What I'm saying is if you're called to be a light, Jesus said you're called to be a light, you're going to be separated. And especially now that school was going back in, I tell you what, you'd walk into the school, you know something's not up. I was walking to Shures, and I see these two young boys, they smell, you can smell it from a mile away. I go walking, I'm just looking at these things like, that's it, yeah, yeah. And here's the thing, it's just like drugs, alcohol, sex. I mean, it's all over. And whether or not you're doing any of those specific ones, it's just like any area of compromise in your life, you won't care anymore. And I'll say this to you. Jesus walked as a man, as God, with no areas of compromise. So that when he saw things like that, he wasn't like, I'll be okay. They're going to leave. He was zealous for it. He's like, no, 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 that's not right. My house would be called the house of prayer. You see, I look in our lives so many times, there's areas of compromise. What does that mean? There's areas where you say in your life, I'll come to church. Adam, I'll come. I go to life group. Adam, 
Don't I go to life group? Oh, yes, you do. Don't I go to church? Yes, you do. And if I can make it on a Sunday, because you know sometimes I hang out, do different things, don't I go on a Sunday? Yes, you do. Right. Okay, well, okay, well, well how are things going in your life, man? Are you living righteous? Are you living holy? Are you, do you love Jesus? You know what? I notice that the more I ask that to people, the more that people want to stay away from me. Are you living for Jesus? I remember Pastor Joe used to ask me that all the time when I was living and saying, hey, do you live for Jesus? I was coming to his youth group. Hey, do you live for Jesus? And it so bothered me because I, I felt like he knew, but it was God saying, hey, look, you're not living right. This compromise. This, there's something in your life where you're saying it's okay, where the word of God is saying it's not. Cut it off. There was no area of compromise in Jesus' life. That's why he was able to go into temple courts and in love, he's like, flip this, forget this. You're not doing this right. And the people left with the message like this guy is in a man of authority. And there's one way. And there are sometimes, guys, in the message that Jesus preached, repent. You know, we're going to have to be like, hey, straightforward. You know what I mean? There's no beating around the bush. I mean, it, when it comes to a point in life and someone's saying, like, well, I don't care, but I like doing this. It's at that point in time, you tell your friend or whoever it is, repent. But I don't want to hurt their feelings. You're not hurting their feelings because you love them. You'll tell them, repent. Get right with God. Amen? Because if they die and all their sin is taken upon them and God sees them, he judges them, sends them to an eternity in the lake of fire, they'll be in there. Why didn't you tell me? Don't be afraid of that word. Don't be afraid of preaching Jesus Christ. You first repent. Get that area of compromise out of your life and then preach the true gospel with power. Amen? I'm telling you, you start preaching that gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're going to see some things. And we're not just saying it just because we want to see cool things, but it's the power of God that goes forth. It's the same gospel. You're telling me that if I don't go into that school and preach to somebody, someone's not going to get saved. It's still the word of God. It's a lie. So that's why I, I, I got to get these areas of compromise out of my life and preach how Jesus preached. Keeping it real when I need to keep it real. Loving on someone when they need the love. And just being honest all the time. Amen? Oh my gosh, Lord. And there's another example of, of the effort of the way Jesus lived his life and in the sense how he you know, it was a voice to the people around him. Just one, we're going from extreme to extreme. And if you can just turn with me uh, in closing to John, John 8. John 8. And I'll read through it quickly. Uh, John 8, 1, it says this, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and at dawn he appeared in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. And they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery, and the law of Moses, in the law of Moses, commanded us for, to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They're asking Jesus a question. They caught a woman in adultery. She was found with another man that wasn't her husband. 
They caught her, and at that point in time, it's usually they were stoned. But see, they were trying to set up Jesus because he always wanted to trick Jesus and, and get Jesus to do something wrong so they'd have a reason to kill him. So instead of the, doing what was commanded law most, they brought her to Jesus. We'll take it to Jesus, see what he says. And if he kills her. So in verse 6, it says, they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for, for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he said to them, If any of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Verse 9. At this those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened her up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Verse 11, No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, Go now and leave your life of sin. You see, here we have an example of Jesus being compassionate. See, he's God, and God doesn't tolerate sin. You have to get that in your heart. But here, we see God, we see Jesus over here dealing with this woman with love. Wouldn't you think he'd agree with them? Like these people, and in their mind, if you're seeing this, like, look, she sinned. And this is what the law says we have to do with someone who sins. And God, being a God of righteousness and holiness, would have said, stone her. That's what she deserves. I mean, if you read throughout the Old Testament, the stories of, look, if, if you were a bad child, this way you got stoned. You got stoned. You, you, you think you were playing around. You see, our, our mind, oh, I can do whatever I want. Now, you, that wasn't how it was. That's not, you, you, got, you got in trouble or you did something wrong. We're standing you out. You're just getting stoned to death. That's so serious to worry about, like sin. And the house of like, that, that's not of God. No. That is not a choice. And so you have to understand that, see, these people are coming up and saying, Jesus, what are you going to do? This is not that Jesus was flipping tables. Like he's playing checkers to bring her up. She sinned. Flip the checker thing. Like, let's do this. Give me stone. It's not at all. You see, Jesus. Verse 11, verse 10. Jesus strained her up and asked, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Verse 11. No one says, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, Go. Check this out. Jesus declared, go and sin less. Is that what he said? He said, go and try not to sin. Grow, and you're going to sin once in a while, but just repent when you get back, and just, just that's going to be okay. Just repentance and keep on sinning, but as long as you repent. Is that what he's saying? He said, go now. And leave your life of sin. He's not saying sin less. He's saying, stop sinning. Don't sin. No more. You see, I think many times there are ways into witness to somebody. We're teaching you guys, look, when you go back out there, here, look, you're going to be in a conversation. You're going to be sitting down with somebody. The opportunity to present the gospel is going to come on up. And you don't have to be like, man, you need to repent right now because hell's coming right after you. What? What are you talking about? Hell's a real place, and if you want to go there, you just keep on sinning. Uh, what's going on? Repent! And the person just like, crazy. 
Because we're teaching you how to do it. And it's not to be really super crazy, just mean at somebody. It's not just to be okay with this and like, dude, that's fine. Just come to my church. If you just come to a church, you'll be fine. Is that what he's saying? Here's an example of Jesus preaching and saying, look, he was having mercy on the lake. He said, look, sin no more. And we need to learn when to be straightforward. We need to learn that, that I guess there's, there's two sides of Jesus. There's this side where we see Jesus flipping the tables, and this side with compassion of Jesus. Was Jesus bipolar? No, he wasn't. He was God. He, he knew what he was doing. He's like, I'm super mad! Go. Oh. And sometimes we think that's how God is. He does not change. Sin is sin. Oh, well, this thing God will understand. He does not. But if you see, he'll forgive you your sins, and he'll tell you sin no more. Amen? If you can stand to your feet, if we someone can find the line, come up with the keys for me, please. So this is the house of the Lord. And if in God's house, God will want people to seek his face. And if God were the same way, I wonder if God would kick out those who were disrespecting the time of service. You playing around? Get out. Leave. Get out. But God, you love to Get out. It's not a place where you can play around, talk with your friend. He did it in the temple. You think he's playing around now? That pastor doesn't like me because he's calling me out. The Bible says that the Lord disciplines those he loves. And if you guys don't have, if you never had an example of a father who disciplines you in love, some of you guys might think, well, my father, he only spanked me, he only beat me. Whereas my father, he wasn't in my life, he was just left. See, I had the opportunity of having a father that loved me. And so he, he, he put a spanking on me when I deserved it. But he taught me my error, like, you did this, this is why I'm doing that. Sometimes we don't have a father, so this father conflicts in our life. We're just thinking whatever we want. Look, God in heaven is your father. And look, I'm teaching you today how the word of God is, is reaching out to you and how you yourselves can be an instrument to be used by God to go back into your schools, into your place, and allowing God to use you. And this is what it is today. Being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Living how Jesus lived. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen. Guys, I, I'm not there with you guys at school. Though I might be showing up to shares a lot more now. But I'm not there in your classroom. I can't be there to help you out. See, I, I can't be over your shoulder, you know, like the picture of like the angel and the, and the demon like whispering into you. I can't be, I can't be that. But guess what? Here's the good part. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Oh, you have God living inside. He said, look, I'll make my home, my dwelling place, my temple, you. And I'll lead you. And guys, I, I want to get you guys out of your comfort zone. I want to preach. Is he going to talk about anything else other than evangelizing, witnessing? Is he going to talk about anything else? Not for the rest of this month. Not for the rest of this month. Why? Because we need to learn. Now's the time. If we don't base this off of the word of God and you reaching somebody, 
these seats will always be filled with the people who are not going to, to heaven and people who are, are living for the world. I don't want to be sad. Every time I look, it's just a goal for me of filling these things up, filling these chairs up. Not because they have the biggest youth group, but to get people saved into the kingdom of God. That was Jesus' mission. See, when he came on this earth, the Bible says in Philippians 2, I'm going to get there for you. The Bible says in Philippians 2, he said, who being in very nature God, it's talking about Jesus, said, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. Hebrew says something similar. Hebrews 12 too says this, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What does it mean that he scorned the shame? He looked at the joy set before him. You know, he said, look, I see that cross, and I understand I'm going to die in that. And I don't deserve it. He understood this. You think that Jesus was just like, he wasn't aware of everything that was happening. He knew exactly what he was doing. And the Bible says, and Jesus, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. He said, man, I see that cross. And it's going to hurt. But you know what I see after that? You know what? I see Jeremiah. I see Jeremiah getting to worship, worship the Lord. I, get, I see him, you know, coming to heaven. I see that. You know, I see Vince. You know, I see Leslie. And even though that cross is going to hurt, I'm looking past it. I see, I see people. And he knowingly and willingly went up there, scorning the shame. Oh, God. The God of the universe, you would think that he would come down and take that place, the lowest place of us. So the Bible says that the, the, the cross was the worst way to die. And anybody who got uh, on the cross as a death execution was considered a criminal. It's just the lowest of the low. To consider himself amongst the lowest of the low. He says, scorning the ship. It's not even about that. It's about them. And he saw you. I want us to see what Jesus saw. Well, he saw me, yeah, he saw you, but you think Jesus still sees your friends? Come on, guys, I, I know I might be talking about it, but I want to get in your heart. You think that I would be here if someone didn't tell me about Jesus? Hey, look, dude, you can live right. Dude, you don't have to do that. You think you got to be here. And the same thing for yourselves. You would not be here unless someone told you about it. Guys, I want, this, this is my goal. If I can just keep it real as a heart of pastor, I just want young people to come to Jesus Christ, to be sold out, to see the cross, to see Jesus for who he really is, to see the awesomeness, to see just the joy in serving God. It's not a burden. It's like, oh, I have to go to church now. You see, to hell with everybody else is because the devil's deceived them, and it's making it harder for you because it, it seems like living for God is not cool. He's going to make it seem like the church. The devil has control over your friends. He'll make it seem like it's not cool. He'll discourage you. Sure. 
that you are alive. There's a truth in this, and I want you guys to get it here first. Get it here first. Be filled off of the Holy Spirit. Let him fill it in your heart. I, I feel the Lord. I know he's walking with me. It's a joy in serving Jesus. He is God. He lives inside of me. I know that when I die, I'm going to be with him. But here I have a mission. On earth as it is in heaven. I know my mission here is to bring heaven on earth. To, to witness. You know, I don't want my friend going to hell. That's honest truth. So you're going to do something about it. I just want us to close our eyes in closing. We're just going to take the next couple moments in prayer. And I, and I want us to focus, just, just focus on Jesus right now. Why is it that he can do all these things, go through the pain, go through the shame, the afflictions, the bruising of his body, the, the tearing of his body? Because he looked past all of it. He saw us. My friends, he still sees you today. If you're in this place, and you're not right with God. You're not living right with God no matter how many times you've been in this youth group. And you want to make it right with God right now, but you just never had that. Come on. Amen, amen. Hands going up. You can put your hands down. This is what we're going to do. Just everybody in this room just wants you to pray this with me. And then we're going to pray for our, for our friends, for the lost. And we're going to pray that Jesus would encounter them. But I want us to pray right now for those who slip their hands up. I want you to repeat after me. And everybody in this room, let's just say an encouragement. Say, Jesus. Come on, Mom. Say, Jesus. I know that I have done wrong. I have sinned against you. Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. Place your Holy Spirit inside of me. Wash me clean so that I may live for you. Come on, if you pray that, you're for real about it. If you know if you raise your hand, I just want you to just on your own. You can just pray to yourself and say, God, just, just do this in me. I don't want to be a hypocrite anymore. God, I want, I want to live for you. Come on, right now, Holy Spirit, just, just Father, arrest them in your love. Arrest them in your love, Father. Just arrest them right now. Let's pray for you, Father. Come on, right now, I just, I just want us to focus our attention. You don't have to come up to the altars. I want us to stay in our seats. But in an attitude of prayer, this is one thing I, I was taught as a discipline, because I know my mind can wander. I can think about so many things. I want us to focus right now just on three people. Three people that are not saved. Specifically, they are not saved. They may have lived for the Lord, but they're backslidden. If, they're, if they are not living right, they can be family, friends. Maybe it can be acquaintances, whoever. I want us to pray for them right now. I want us to pray. I just want to testify. And you know what? We, in, in youth group, I would do the same thing. And there were three people. There was Zach, Danny, and Elliot. I had three people at pastors. I prayed for three. I prayed for three. Two are not living for the Lord. They came to the youth group. They backslid. They're no longer living for the Lord. The other one's in Philadelphia right now. A 201 disciple living for the Lord, loving Jesus, setting a, a campus on fire, going after God. You see, I prayed for him. I said, God, if you can save him, save him. 
answer to prayer. Just close your eyes. We're going to finish, but guys, I want you to just pray and ask God. Come on, have faith today. Let faith write this place. Start praying. Come on. Start praying for three people. Call them out. Call them up. Speak it out, guys. Don't be ashamed. Encourage one another. Encourage your brother. Encourage your sister to hear you pray. Like, hey, he's praying for so-and-so. I can have encouragement. I can pray and be bold and say, man, God, save such as Save this person. Come on. Pray now, God, save them. Lord, hear them. Hear them, Lord. Tell me love in Jesus' name.